0: you listeners out there, it is She Devil Podcast coming at you with tonight's episode of Urban Legends. Of course, we have all heard those urban legends that we all grew up with. You remember those urban legends. I know you do, because I do. I grew up off of the Candyman. I grew up off of the Bloody Mary. Even, oh, I'm pretty sure that, you know, the whole new Charlie Charlie and that other urban legends that came out and they, you know, well, was it 2005 to about 2019 when they came out with the Momo, the Slender Man, and all that? I, I swear they came off the of bars from back in the day when you got the Banshee or or got the Man, uh, the Oh uh, Bloody Mary and Leprechaun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they got that all from there. Anyways, as we go on, we're going to start off with Alabama. Alabama actually has a state urban legend, you you called it, if you guessed, Hells Gate Bridge. You're right. I will let you know that Hells Gate Bridge started out in the 1950s. You got it. 1950, this urban legend was created. And how it started out was a young couple driving over the bridge somehow drove their car off the bridge one night and they both drowned. I could not imagine drowning after driving off a bridge in the middle of a little dark. It must have been hard to see. But, anyways, as this legend goes, there's two legends associated with Hell's Gates Bridge. The one legend is they say if you drive your vehicle across the bridge with your lights off, then the ghost of the two young couple that drowned will appear in your car sit next to you in the seat. And when they, by the time you get to the other side of the bridge, all be left is two wet spots from where they sat. I don't know about y'all, but that's kinda of creepy. I mean, can you imagine driving across the bridge? With your lights on? Heck, trying to get over to your side is gonna be, you know, you said it, hard enough. Let alone with the ghost sitting next to you leaving wet spots on your seat. But <laughs> well, I'm not about to try that. The second part that goes with that urban legend would be if you drive across the bridge and halfway through. You look over your shoulder through that rear mirror or halfway through, you're supposed there's a scenery that turned into a portal to hell. And I'm kidding you now. Supposedly they see hellfire flames in this portal. I don't know about y'all, but this urban legend either leaves you with drowning or fire. I don't want to take my chances either way, but we do have some paranormal, you know. Things happening in the world today. Who's saying that that urban legend is not true or not? We don't know. But however, we do you know this: that bridge is so old, so old, guys. Because remember, it was from the 1950s. This bridge is so old. You can no longer drive across this bridge. Don't worry. They put up block, block gates to keep people from driving across this bridge. Now, it doesn't say that the, that your typical paranormal, you know, investigator or the curiosity that killed that cat hasn't had somebody walk across that bridge a time or two. But they would not recommend walking that bridge. Now, I don't even watch the bridge. All, do you realize how old this bridge could be? I mean we could fill in. I mean, he'd be swimming with the ghosts instead of sitting next to them. Think about that one. <laughs> but they do call that Hell's Gate Bridge. So refrain from driving across it and doing any things it. Never want that urban legend to stay going. On to Alaska. I know y'all heard about Bermuda Triangle, but Alaska has a very own Bermuda Triangle. Oh, yes, they do. I mean, people go missing in Alaska. How many people have you known, like, go missing that often? I mean, their statistics are every four to five in a thousand people go missing in Alaska every year. I know. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. I mean, every four out of five. About four to five out of every thousand people go missing in Alaska. But that's according to the LA Times, guys. I ain't kidding. So even if there's nothing supernatural going on, it's still easy to get lost in the Alaskan wilderness. I mean, I'm not a a wilderness kind of girl, so... Okay, maybe I'm gonna go out, you know, camping every now and then, but... I'm like, I'll have a better chance of running into Bigfoot than I would <laughs> get lost in Alaska because you won't see it melt too cold. Mm. And I'm not a wilderness kind of girl. But around July 1993, a 24 year old Chris McCandless, you know, he set off to Alaska wilderness. He was determined to live on the land. I mean, like, off-grid, off-land, you know, hunting his food every day, you know. But he did this. I mean, he really was on hold to go do this. But after 112 days of him living off the land down there in Alaska, he actually died of starvation. Yes, he died of starvation. And it took four months of him being already died. He was dead for four months, guys, before a moose hunter accidentally stumbled upon his body. Can you imagine being dead for four months out in Alaska before somebody someone across your body? Thankfully, that moose hunter was out hunting moose that day, huh? Kinda scary, guys. So, whether or not it might be urban legend, or maybe even be, uh, I don't know, Mother Nature. You can never tell. But there's another part of the Alaskan orbit, you know, folklore that people often forget about. It's the kakushka. Some say the kakushka is what captures those people that end up disappearing. Who knows? And they say the kakushka is actually half man, half otter. I know, right? Half man, half otter. They say the kakushka actually comes out in the Alaskan Triangle and actually takes these people. I don't know. So whether or not the story behind the Bermuda Triangle of Alaska is real or not, I don't know if we'll know. But we do know this, that 2,833 people go missing and the Clearing House of the Mountains, all that related information in the state just over 670,000 residents. That average is about 4 to 5 every 1,000 people that go missing. Whether or not it's evil spirits or not, the rate of the people reported missing in Alaska is almost twice the national average. While many cases involve runaways or people who've returned home, Alaska also has the highest percentage of missing people who have never been found. That's crazy. That's a big percentage of not being Can you imagine dying in the Alaskan Triangle and nobody be able to find you? I mean, what happens? Do they actually get preserved in the ice because nobody finds them? Get buried by all snow, or do they actually disappear from the Caucasus? Half man, half art. You should hit me up on my email me at Sea Podcast at gmail.com. Give me, give me your uh, your uh, experiences or. If you have an urban legend that you'd like to talk about or have mentioned on one of my episodes, hit me up in an uh, email. Wow, that, I mean, that is, that's a lot of people. That's crazy. Who would have known that, you know, that can happen in, in Alaska. I mean, evil spirits called the kushkas. you know, the shapeshifters, half man, half water, that lure women and children to the water. The fake cries in order to steal a human spirit and to drown them. I know I would not want to have to go out like that. No way! Surely there's some other, other, your know, legends back in our day. You know, we, we all remember. It you know, can't be so easy. I mean, Bloody Mary. We would sit there, and you know, as kids, you we would always—it was always end up being a dare. You know, sleepovers, slumber parties, watching scary movies, and one person gets bright idea. Hey, why don't you write Bloody Mary on the bathroom mirror, shut the light off, say her name three times and see what happens. And he used to scare crap out of us. But then, we never as a kid, understand could the urban legends be real, or is the reality that turns into urban legends? Who knows? Because a lot of urban legends we hear about, some of them are actual, based off actual people who have actually committed murders. Just like the Candy Ladies. I know y'all heard of Candy Man. But have y'all heard of the Candy Lady? The Candy Lady was actually one of Texas urban legends. Yes, Texas had urban legend, and the Candy Lady. And see here with the Candy Lady, she actually accidentally, supposedly, killed her husband, poisoned him. Well, I guess he accidentally killed her, their, their only daughter, and she killed him. Went to the asylum. We got released from the asylum. Then a bunch of kids started coming up missing. And how she got her name is because these kids started getting candy left outside their window. And, like, goodness, what kid isn't going to eat candy? So these kids are eating candy candies sitting on the windowsill of their windows. And then about four or five days later, they come up missing. You know, she's sending these little notes on these candy wrappers. And these kids were eating these candies, and then they disappeared. Yeah. So when she got, they believed that she was actually the the cause between of these children coming up missing, and that she was the only effect between these kids receiving these candies outside their windows at night, and these kids disappearing. Because it so happened to happen that they were disappearing around the time. She was actually released from the mental asylum. Out there in Texas. Can you imagine going to bed at night, getting up and hearing a tap at your window, and all there is is a piece of candy? Who would eat the candy? Of course, kids would. I know my kids would. Boy, you, you can't even hide candy in this house. They snip that out like it's like all the its own. You know what I mean. You're a parent, you already know what I mean. If not, you got a lot to look forward to. <laughs> Anyways. So you have the Candy Lady, urban legend from Texas, which brings me to the Candyman. So stay tuned right after this, and we'll come right back and talk about the Candyman. Welcome back to She Devil's Podcast for the break. Now we have left off, and we're talking about Bloody Mary. You know, the old urban tales. You know, staying the night, doing a party, hanging out and watch Carrie somebody coming up with that idea to go put lipstick on the mirror, you know, in the dark, in the bathroom, and, or any room, actually, with the mirror, and dare say Blame Mary's name three times. Well, we talked about this, the candy lady, with the, you know, recap of the candy outside the window sills, knowing, what, they can't go and eat candy outside can't the window in the middle of the night. Of course, that was a dumb question. We all know how kids are with candy. Well, at least I did was mine. My Step up that candy light, folks. I ain't not even tell you, you already know how many kids are. Anyways, so now we're back with the Candyman. The first real-life urban legend to inspire Candyman was the legend of Bloody Mary herself. Can you believe it? it she has been used directly by multiple horror films, TV shows. She was inspiration to many of our horror movies. Back in Candyman. Of course, we all know the legend of Candyman movies that they came out with, you know. And well, anyways, as with most urban legends or the tales of folklore, it's unclear when Bloody Mary's story actually was first told. I mean, it dates way back. I mean, nobody really knows when Bloody Mary's story was really first told. But there have also been many variations on the Bloody Mary legend including some where the ghost is actually benevolent. I mean, it's it crazier, but when I was growing up, I didn't think that Bloody Mary's ghost that he called her, she was going to be like, Oh, hey, how are you today? to the Eltona! No, 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 no! That's why they called it an urban legend, like it was supposed to scare the crap out of you, not befriend you. Come on, now. But in most variations through the Bloody Mary, Is called when somebody dares speak her name multiple times into a mirror in a darkened room, which clearly inspired the method of calling the Candyman by saying his name five times into a mirror. I don't know about y'all, but I did as a kid. I mean, who has? I'm pretty sure we all have called out for both Candyman and Bloody Mary. I mean, really, we've all done it. We all really wish we didn't, but some of us did. We Some of us got, you know, crazy results and stories from it. Some of us never did. But the second urban legend that serves as an inspiration for Candyman is that of The Hookman. How many of y'all remember that urban legend of The Hookman? You know, it's also sometimes called The Hook. The story has also been updated multiple times in the pop culture and concerns, let me think about it. This was a story. The hook man, or the hook, urban legend, came from the concerns of a young couple who would get intimate inside a parked car when they hear a radio report about an escaped mental patient with a hook for a hand. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but back in my day, when we all went to go park, we know went to go park where you know the adults gonna find us so we can make out. He's called either make out cove or the Lookout, or something, something along the lines where you're gonna get caught by the adults. <clears throat> but we all know the adults do where the hookups were. I mean, come on, now, we were Our age at one, They're the ones who got all this urban shit started. So, anyways, back to the, this couple who's, you know, at the intimate place with their car parked. They hear on the radio. About this escape mental patient with a hook for a hand. In some variations the couples leave, the later finds a hook and better it in the car, signifying the cycle had been nearby, but they got lucky. But the other variations the boyfriend leaves the car for some reasons. And then the girlfriend followed from hearing a strange sound. I'm sorry, but if my bo- if, I, if, I, if I if I'm parked with my man on a lookout, making out and hear a strange noise, and his ass gets out of the car to go figure out what it came from, you best believe my bitch ass is staying in the damn car. You hear funny noises? Bye bye. I will be it. Reverse. This is. You will not see me going out in the dark to go figure out what the strange noise was. You crazy? That's how you get yourself a damn kill! Of course, that's what happened, you know, in that story. The boyfriend leaves a car for some reason. Girlfriend followed him hearing a strange noise. Well, not knife, but sound, you know. And, uh, exited the vehicle to find her boyfriend dead it's corpse. And, her the hook-handed killer. Can you imagine? stepping out of your car, looking up and seeing a psychotically mental patient with a hook for a hand through your, the corpse of your boyfriend that you just made out with in the car two minutes before that. Well, even five minutes before that. Could you imagine that? I mean, just the psychological. Who's to say she didn't end up becoming the next Bloody Mary? I mean, she could have went crazy after seeing a scene like that. Who knows? But obviously, the story was inspired by Candyman's weapon of choice. The hook jammed into his boy's stump that he used to talk about. I mean, think about it. What other way? I mean, that's the only logical thing we can think of for Candyman's hook. Otherwise, where else did it come from? Who thought of the hook? So it had to originate from somewhere. So tell me what you guys think about the, the two variations of the Candy Man or Hook Man. So that's how we're pulling out tonight: it's Candy Man versus the Hook Man. Is it one and the same? Same as the one? Or were they based off each other? Or were they inspired for each other? Who knows? But well, we do know that the candy Man was inspired by the urban legend of Bloody Mary. This is, this, this, I mean, I'm telling you, some of these guys, like, I don't know why you would run out in the middle of the, I mean, hear a noise in the dark and you go running to figure out what it is? Oh hell no. I want to do that. Speaking of more urban legends, Arizona has an urban legend, and it's, it's called the Slaughterhouse Canyon, or the Ghost of Slaughterhouse Canyon. Who knows? They say the story of Slaughterhouse Canyon, also called the less Frightening La Luna's Canyon, takes place during the Gold Rush. I mean, can you imagine being during the Gold Rush having an urban legend of Llorona Canyon, La Luna's Canyon? During the 1800s, there were was a family who lived down in that canyon. And they were very poor. So the father, so the father, not the father, the father would venture out into the canyon for food for his family. Yeah, can you imagine trying to go find food and gather food in the greatest canyon or the slaughterhouse canyon down in Arizona? Man, that should be hard as hell. But, you know, as you might guess, you know, the father never returned. He did not return to his family. This family slowly starved and descended into madness from, you know, starving and running out of water and, you know, all the other crazy crap. And the mother, unable to bear listening to her children's cries anymore, put on her wedding dress and murdered her children and then threw them into the nearby river. Can you believe that? And then the next day, she succumbed to starvation herself. I mean, she died, literally, of starvation the next day. But the day before, she literally murdered her children and threw them into the nearby river. I mean, who knows that? And the legend states that if you go down into the Slaughterhouse Canyon at night, even now, you will hear the loud, anguished cries of the mother who lost her mind. I don't know about y'all, but I don't think I even want to go down in the Slaughterhouse Canyon. I think I might lose my own damn mind. I mean... The father went looking for food, and either he got lost or said screw it and didn't want to go back. Either way, he never returned. Who knows what actually happened to him? Did he live? Did he find his way out of the canyon? Did he finally say screw it and gave up? Or did he get lost getting back to his family? Who knows? But the legend states that if you go down into the Slaughterhouse Canyon at night, even now you will hear the loud anguished cries of a mother who lost her mind. I don't know, how many of you guys out there dare try that out? If you do, email me at Podcast at gmail.com and let me know the story. If you do go down to Arizona to the Slaughterhouse kid, let me know how it goes. And then I'll mention about it in my next podcast. That's crazy. Can you imagine? That would drive someone mad. That would. Wow. Yeah, there's a. Oh, the charmants. Speaking of which... I know this, this one might be a little touchy subject for all you, you cats out there. You know, what California having those forest fires and all. But California has an urban legend called the Char Man. I don't know if y'all have heard of him, but the Char Man origin, or origin story is gruesome. I ain't gonna lie. It's kind of, it, it will make you wonder. But a father and a son were both caught in a house fire and horribly burnt in 1948. And after the fire, The son became so mentally unstable that he killed his father. Can you imagine going through and being both caught to a fire, a house fire, and then your son turned around, killed you, murdered you after you just survived the fire? I mean, that would really suck. But after the fire, the son became so mentally unstable, okay, that he killed his father. When the police found the son, he was so. They didn't even realize he was still alive. So he never even got prosecuted or arrested. You know, they didn't even know he was alive. They really thought he was dead for being burnt so badly. Okay? So he ran away before they were able to arrest him for the murder of his father. So he took off. He's like, oh, I'm out. I'm out, deuces. Yeah, I did I'm out. Hell. But ever since then, the Charm Man is still spotted wandering the woods surrounding me. O'Jahi. Maybe I'm not even pronouncing that right. I'm pretty sure I butchered that. But it's O J A I. So if you know how to pronounce that, shoot me an email. But occasionally approaching tents of innocent campers, or pretending to be a hitchhiker, and then attempting to attack them. Either way, Charman is still spotted wandering the woods surrounding this place. And it kind of makes you wonder, is the Charm actually, still to this day, responsible for the fires of Cali? Is that why California is having all those forest fires? Because he's, maybe he's still in those woods. I don't know. You might be wondering in those woods, but they do call him the Charm Maybe the Charman's would what's setting everything on fire. Might be a touchy subject, but just a guess. Just throwing it out there. So how many urban legends shall we talk about tonight? Oh! We'll get, we'll get, we'll get some more going on. We are just getting started. That's just like the, okay, here we go. We got, we we threw up a a thought of another state. Delaware. Delaware hardly ever gets talked about for urban legends. There's an urban legend of Delaware called the ghost of Mr. Chew. Oh, you heard me right. It is the ghost of Mr. Chew. The home of Mr. Chew is in Dover. Now, while particularly, you know, not a mean-spirited ghost, so they say, I'm not sure, I've never met the guy or the ghost, but they say that Samuel Chu's story is still dis- disconcerting. She was a chief justice of Delaware Supreme Court, in 1741. Now, as the ghost as the story goes, while he was alive, he didn't always get the respect he deserved. Okay, guys? Like, this guy, like, really did not get no no respect at all. I mean, come on, guys. He was literally the Chief Justice of the Delaware Supreme Court. And he couldn't get no respect. Well, people frequently made fun of his name by mock, you know, mimicking sneezes while he walked by. I mean, a chew, a chew. Really guys? I, mean, I think something more and more, you know, mature, or a little bit more, you know, advanced. But yeah, I guess it was back in the day. You know, of course that was back in 1741, where they actually thought that was a funny joke. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> so, anyways. After his death, people reported seeing his ghost sitting under a poplar tree. Wandering the courthouse, And generally creeping out of the residents of Dover. She would also pull on men's coattails and give women a cold, icy feeling. That's all, man? You ain't get the respect you wanted and you come back as a ghost just to do that? You know, you, I mean, you couldn't like wow us with something like really spectacular like, hello? You were the Chief Justice of the Delaware Supreme Court. You know, give us something bigger and grander, maybe. All you did is fluff the little tail feathers and turn on the AC. But those women love that shit during the summer. But, look, I know I win with my hot flashes these days. Shit. I'd be like, my husband would be like, oh, you're freezing me out. i like, it's I'm hot. I'm like, where's Mr. Chew at? Look, He's gonna get me a awesome cold all day long. And Cam be like, I got Chew on reserves. My AC goes out, yeah, goes Chew, come on over. Anyways, <laughs> back to the story. wow. I mean you think you would have done something a little bit more. Now here's a Tchau, Okay, Florida has an urban legend. It's called the Gravity Defined Spook Hill. Now, I wouldn't really call it an urban legend. I might even call it, you know, an illusion. Either way you look at it, I don't find it scary. But it would have been something fun to do And if you ever, ever decide to go on a family trip or, you know, vacation, family vacation. I don't know if I want to say trip, you might trip at (laughs) all. But if you ever decide to take your kids on a family vacation and you want to go somewhere kind of unique, but not scary, but make it seem a little scary. This is what I call a PG-13 urban legend for Florida. And the legend, it's called the Legend of Spook Hill, okay? It's the gravity-defying Spook Hill. So the legend of Spook Hill goes, ages ago, on an Indian town, on the Lake Wells Lake, was play with raids by a huge gator. Yeah, a gator. I mean, it's Florida and they got gators. Crocs, gators, I mean, I'm pretty sure they make a, hell of a lot of money catching them little turds. I mean, you
1: can't even go out to your own damn swimming ball in Florida and not see a
0: gator. But the town's great water chief and the gator were killed in a final battle that created the huge swampy depression nearby. Now, the jeep was buried on its north side. Later pioneer haulers coming from the old army trail atop the ridge above, would find their horses laboring there at the foot of the ridge and called it in Spooky Hills, or a.k.a. Spooky Hill, you know what I mean? But is it the gator seeking the revenge, or is it the chief protecting his land? Either way, you never know. But I do know this. If you stop your car on the white line, place in the and then place your car in Mutera, or neutral, and let it roll back, your car will then appear that it's going to be rolling uphill. Like, if you literally go park your, your car on that white line, put it in neutral, and you just let it sit, your car would really appear to be rolling uphill, when in fact, your car is actually rolling downhill. Oh no, it is an actual illusion. But, the legend says the hill is either the site of a Native American burial ground or an epic battle of a Native American chief against a crocodile. But the truth is, actually, it's just an illusion created by the hills surrounding you. Know, it's crazy. I bet any kid would get a kick out of feeling like they are appearing to be rolling up hills, when they are indeed, in fact, Actually, rolling downhill. Either way, make sure you keep your foot snug on the brake, just in case you want to push on it. We all go get some of those daredevils out there, you know? you will be like, woo, 20 again,
1: when we're actually
0: 40! Yeah, as all people like to be young all the time, I'd be like, I literally just had surgery on my foot, and you know I'm not allowed to walk on my foot. And I've had, I have a bunch of stitches and I have a fracture. So I have one of those knee scooters. That's how, how young I like to do. I have a knee scooter. I will literally puff and puff my 40-year-old ass up that hill. But the minute I come right back in, I'm like, Whee! 19, 20 again! Yeah, baby! And i am just flying down that hill. Like, I'm, just, I'm an infant, you a I people not can Hell yeah! i am like, 20! Yeah. And then I'll biff it, and then I'll start all over. Because my 40-year-old ass knows that my mind might say I'm 20, but my body says, bitch, you fall apart like you're 40. And well, I can't shoot that. I'm glad I'm married. I've been married for like 20, 21 years now. It's a good freaking thing, too, because our bitch asses can fall apart together. I know why. Excuse my language, and if I offend you, sorry, email me at at gmail.com. Either way you look at it, yes, indeed. I fall apart. And by gosh, my husband better fall apart with me. Cause there's no way hell. I'm gonna allow him to stay younger than me, looking better than me, while I fall apart on him. He better fall apart with me to make me feel good. I put it way too much damn time for some other chick to come in there and take that ass. And no, you'll find another urban legend coming on. <laughs> Look at me go. Another urban legend. Shit, my, my old ass is too damn old to make another urban legend. My goddamn, you want him taking? take him. Hell, I've had no time. You better bring some wine when you do it. That'll open me a bottle of wine, just, I'll just sit there and drink my red wine all day. Cause I know her has some brain his ass back. Take it back? No, bitch, I like having it. No, take it back. Now, how many of y'all remember? That old show called Limited color You heard it? Yeah, I knew it. I know. I had to go there. I had to go there. I help myself. You all know, remember that urban legend, *Homie the Clown? Yeah, that's Illinois. Urban legend for Illinois. It's *Homie the Clown. Yeah, you you got it. Of course, back. In my day, I remember Bubble the Clown. So he kind of reminded me of Bubble the Clown. But for the older folks, for you know, back in the suburbs of Chicago in the 90s, you know, you might know him as Homie. You know, he's known as Homie the Clown. And yes, from in living color, driving around in a white van, trying to work kids into it with candy and money. Yeah, we know, we know. But Illinois had to pick that guy. Yeah. No wonder people are starting to get scared of clowns these days, man. There's something. There's Homie the Clown. There's It. There's, there's... I don't know. What was it? Four or five years ago, they decided to you know, wanna dress up like clowns and try to you know, purge, or kill, or kidnap, or lure kids out into the trees in the woods. man." Yeah. I'm too that age, like, man, don't scare me. But I'm one of those type of people, like, man, if I'm not feeling good, like, I'm hurting or something, I'll be sitting on my front porch smoking a cigarette, and i am like, so they're like, why you out at night? You know the clouds are out there? They got bats and birds. I'm like, bitch, baby, keep on walking. I'll be like, keep on walking. I don't got time for this shit. I will. Fuck them up if they fuck with me. I'm out here trying to keep my foot elevated. Trying to, I ain't dealing with no funny clown shit. I got broken foot. I don't have time for shit. I keep on walking. Hell, too many damn people scared of clowns nowadays. Of course, they do. However, try to use your legend. On that note, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in to She Devil Podcast, Episode One. Stay tuned for Episode Two for the world's most haunted places.